This is the Bad Reputation Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes on your smartphone or tablet. Featuring the most up-to-date reputation management, social media, and entrepreneurial information on the web. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Todd Collins Official. And now, the host of Bad Reputation, the reputation rock star, Todd Collins. In three, two, one. All right. I am, uh, the last couple episodes have been about entertaining people on social media. Uh, guys like the bitchy waiter and the honest restaurant manager. And it's kind of fallen into that restaurant vertical a little bit. But lately, you guys have seen me kind of tapping or I got tapped into that real estate industry. And I'm starting to notice that just like the restaurant industry, it has its ups and downs from a social media standpoint. Some people get it. Some people don't get it. So if you're a real estate agent or you're a broker or you're entitled or you're in that industry, this is a great episode for you. Um, But if you do something else, it's also a good episode for you because a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about today is going to relate to that social media, personal brand, engagement, things of that nature. So you can utilize it in every vertical. And with me for this episode uh, is Colin Cameron from Hanover, Pennsylvania, small town agents. Um, Colin and I met, um, I think via Facebook, I saw something amazing that he did. If you guys haven't seen the video that he did, um, on, uh, you know, you know, you're from Hanover if video, it's absolutely amazing. That's how him and I, uh, connected. And since then, um, he's been a great supporter of mine. I'm a great supporter of his, and we've been doing a lot of things. And I'm excited to say that there's something very special coming up that we're going to be doing together, but I can't talk about that just yet. So Colin, thank you for being here, my brother. What's going on, dude? How are you? Doing good, man. Like I just told you a couple minutes ago, I was just looking at some houses and uh, it's uh, it's stressful. Yeah, dude, buying houses, um, it's fun, but it kind of it's kind of shitty all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, as a real estate agent, I mean, I guess you you kind of hear that all the time. Um, it was fun, don't get me wrong, but it's I'm one of those people that when I walk into a house, like I know right away that it's not the right one. And then I almost feel like I got to like kind of just be nice and walk around it anyway. Don't dude. Like I would, if you were my client, we're in different States, by the way, just FYI guys, if you were my client, I would be very grateful if you knew in 10, 15 minutes, we could go to the next one. Yeah. And I, and I, and I tried to do that today. Like when I left that, uh, first house, I basically told us, told the agent, I said, Hey, I said, this is, this one's not the one. Um, we went and we looked at the second one and I left and I was like, I really, really like this one. Um, but we have to wait to see one more, which I hate saying because it's, it's so, it's so crazy. It's like, if I really like this house, I should, we should just, you know, pull the trigger on it. But, um, we got to see this other one and then we got to sell the, our house, which I think we'll sell very, very fast. Of course, I'm sure everybody says that, but, um, I think we got lucky from the standpoint of where we are. It'll, it'll sell pretty quick, but yeah, it's a straight, you're right. It's, it's pretty stressful. Dude, it's super stressful, which is kind of why my business came about. 
Yeah, because... so let's let's talk about that because uh, there's p- some you know of course there's going to be people listening to this episode that don't know who you are, but I think they should know who you are, especially if they're in one the real estate game, two the the social media game, um, because you kind of, in my opinion, have re- made a huge impact in both. Um, so ha- tell, give, give me the story behind uh, Colin Cameron. Uh, who is Colin Cameron? Oh man! Well, th- first, thank you very much for the compliments. That was very kind of you. Uh, as far as summarizing my life, I'm some kid that grew up in Washington State, moved out to DC when I was 13, ended up at York College in Central Pennsylvania, and I managed a restaurant for two years, which you probably didn't know, Todd. I like and that. then I uh, I got into wholesale coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then, that, I would have said that's the next logical step. Yeah, that was after working for a baseball team and doing marketing. <laughs> you left that part out, but that's okay. I like that. I did. Yeah, yeah. So it was restaurant, baseball team, wholesale coffee. Uh, got laid off because the company folded like million dollars, like multi, multi, multi million dollar companies folded. And so I got laid off and I had gotten separated and I had a one year old and I had no job and I didn't know what to do. And my world was upside down and my mom called me and said, Hey, it's time to get into real estate. So was she in real estate? She still is, man. She's, uh, I think she's, she's almost 20 years in at this point. Wow. Um, yeah, she's down in the Bethesda area, Bethesda, Maryland. It's right outside DC for those of you listening. I, it's funny because the one little thing that I heard in that was that, okay, now you're a single dad and you have a one year old child. And you got to figure out what the hell to do. How old were you when that happened? I uh, would have been like 26, 27, uh, right, in, right in that range. And that was kind of the, uh, you know, you can make your choice in life. You can either fall on your face or you can figure out how to make it work. That was, that was my moment, man. Everybody has one. Yeah. At least they, I mean, they should. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we all have that. Yeah. And I agree with you because we all have that moment. I had that moment too. Um, you know, and I talk openly about, you know, what happened to me and the things that I went through. And, and I, I feel like sometimes that's important that you share that with your audience, because I also think that's how you attract like-minded people kind of into your circle. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I, you told me about this, but our listeners didn't know about it, but I mean, I think those types of things are what attract other people to other people and, and how you kind of find, start to, you know, either you can call it your tribe or the people that you, that you, kind of roll with from a standpoint of like, these are the people I want to keep in my circle. They help motivate me and move me to do positive things. Um, but every single one of those people in my life has gone through something like that, that has had that moment where it's like, all right, it's, you know, I got to get up and I got to go. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's true. And it's true in anything. Right. So like as a real estate agent, like, you haven't really made it until you got burned. <laughs> like, like, until you had that fall on your face moment where you thought you had a partnership locked up or you thought somebody had your back forever to the end of the earth and you never saw it coming. Until that, until that rug gets pulled out from me under you in real estate, you, ha- you, haven't, you haven't made it. <laughs> yeah. I, have fr- I mean, it's funny how many friends that I actually have in, in, in I, it's, I guess it's the industry. Cause I'll say the industry, like the mortgage industry titles, uh, real estate agents, you know, all that. Um, I have so many friends, it seems now after we did our little thing, our speech, and then you dropped that video and that videos, 
I got so much uh, uh, feedback, which again has, has, you know, which is leading up to the, the thing that we're going to be doing. But um, it's amazing to me in the short period, I guess the short period of time that you, well, I guess you haven't been, you've been a real estate agent now for a while though. Uh, I'm in year number five. Uh, okay. I'll, I'm tracking to do, our, our group's tracking to do about a hundred units this year. So essentially around 10 a month is, is where we're at. Okay, so you became a real estate agent. You go, go through that with me. Your mom goes, "Hey, look, you need to get you need to get into real estate. Let's let's do this." This is obviously before two thousand. No, this would be after two thousand eight, right? Yeah, it would have been probably about two thousand thirteen. Okay, so the market was the market was starting to kind of move up, right? Yeah, it was it was it was even, and that it, it's been climbing over the last few years. That's that's really where I was at. And so you posted an old video yesterday, like of you, like in an office and things of that nature. And, and I found it to be interesting. Even back then, you had this uh, detail of marketing yourself differently than other people, and the the rebrand of STA um, and everything. That's more a little bit more recent. But when you broke out and kind of were on your own. Tell me exactly, I guess, why you did that, one. And then two, what led to the, the creative decision to say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be this guy that posts the houses for sale and things of that nature. I'm really going to utilize video and, and entertainment um, to, to market my, not only myself, my brand, but the, the product that I'm selling. All right. So those are two big questions. So first one, <laughs> to, so remind me of the second one after I answer the first one, but sure. the first, the first one is pretty simple. Uh, I'm in, I'm in a really small town. That's the brand small town agents slash STA. Same thing, right? We are in Pennsylvania. We're a Commonwealth. So we have tons of little tiny towns that all have their own little sets of rules. And it's kind of like everybody has their own kind of flag or their own team to fly, right? Because we're so segmented. That's the brand, right? Because I can cover, I cover easily in my portfolio, a hundred municipalities and townships easily. Okay. Right. So really, unfortunately, what happens though, is when you have that much that segmentation is you don't necessarily have a lot of other people to look to for ideas, concepts, inspiration, or brainstorming. Right. So what that means is my options were pretty limited as an agent for where I could go hang my license. And I did it. I worked at the big box brokerages. You know, I worked at two different ones. And, you know, I, I learned there. I got my feet I got my feet under me. But at a certain point, I kind of looked up and I said, who am I going to learn from? Because I, I saw this shift. I saw this shift in how social media was going. And I saw how, how video was going to be coming to the forefront. And, you know, I, I can tell you day one, when I walked into the big box brokerage to hang my license there the first time, they asked how I was going to get business. I said Facebook and they were like, you're not going to door knock or send flyers or do mailers. I was like, no. <laughs> and I literally, I literally got laughed at. <laughs> and so I, I kind of realized as, as I evolved through my career that I had to look outside of this ecosystem that is central Pennsylvania and really find my tribe on Facebook and find people that were truly my peers so that I could grow and adapt with the changing market and what the market needs are to get homes noticed and sold. And it worked. Thank God. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really, really did. So, so kind of, I think your next question was, why did I decide to push towards social and video, right? Like, why did I go all in on that? Number one, and first and foremost, it's because I enjoy it, right? So like, there's nothing worse than the agent who, or anybody, any marketer who clearly just has a Facebook business page just to exist, right? Like that passively updates it, doesn't really create individual unique content. But I enjoy being creative, man, just like you do. Right. I, enjoy, I enjoy the challenge of, hey, is this, is this gonna strike somebody's fancy? And you know, am I gonna resonate with them? Is this message gonna make sense? But the real, the real kind of nugget, man, is when I decided to go for social, I decided to go for video, I made the choice, right? Not just with that, that type of content, but also with my appearance and my attitude and my style. They don't know this, the people listening, but I wear a t-shirt, I wear a hat every day. That is me, man. That is definitively who I am. And I decided to go all in on it because I, I kind of realized that you know, there's, there's a thousand agents in this area and a thousand agents are going after the entire pie, right? Like a theoretical pie. But if me, if I am authentically myself and I'm going after one slice of the pie and that message is resonating with that slice, don't I ultimately have more of the pie? 100%. And I just spoke about this, I think it was yesterday, where was I was literally saying like, you attract the people that are like you. And so when you're authentically yourself, you're gonna attract people that think like you, act like you, talk like you, whatever it is. And they're gonna bring different things to the table, obviously every personality is different. But what you're really also gonna do is kind of vet out and, and net out on the people that you're like, I don't, God, I hate doing business with this person. And yeah, man. I, I did the same thing, man. I mean, I could have, I could easily dress in a suit and tie every single day and walk in with a briefcase and, you know, hide who I am and, and, you know, all these different things, but I just choose not to do that. And if someone doesn't want to do business with me, and I answered this question a long time ago on another podcast, if, if, if someone chooses not to do business with me based on appearance alone, before I even say something or speak on a topic, then I really don't want to do business with that person anyway. And it would probably almost be relevant to you having a client where it's like, boy, I, you know, I mean, this is great, but I mean, you show up in a, to closing in a hat and t-shirt and you're just kind of like, what the, <laughs> does it matter that you got a great deal? Correct. And so at that point, it's like, you know, I think in this world we're, we're becoming more accepted. People are becoming more accepted for who they are, which I really, really love that. But unfortunately, there's still people that are going to judge based on appearance alone first. 100%. And, you know, kind of two points to where you're going with that is here's, here's a term I want you to tuck away. It's called self-filtering. That's what I call the process, right? Because you're going to attract the people that really love the message you're putting out. And the people that don't like the message you're putting out, they're never going to contact you. So it's really, it's really saving you time and it's kind of saving you a headache because ultimately if you're attracting like-minded people, you know, real estate, any other kind of marketing, any kind of sales, if you're attracting like-minded people, you're going to have an easier transaction and you're going to, you're going to get cheerleaders out of the process versus people that felt weird about the whole transaction. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's no question about it. And I, and that has started to happen to me, which I really, really love. So you, you, so you, 
you naturally transitioned to the video. You went to the t-shirt and hat. You, you basically, you first rebranded yourself before you rebranded the agency. You rebranded yourself. You were already kind of tasting video and now you've kind of gone all in on it. Um, speak to me about the content that you've put together to create kind of the, I guess the creative content model that you have set up because it's a lot different than a lot of these other real estate agents that are out, out there. Not, not opposed to what I'm seeing in RETV. Thank you for inviting me to that group, by the way. I love it. Um, but uh, as opposed to the people that I'm trying to speak to right now and, and get them to understand that them posting a house for sale with four or five images on their Facebook page is just not going to get it done. No, man. So, so really, really kind of, and maybe this, I think this is the first time I've used this term is I, I want to be in the era of the unselfish agent. I, I don't, I don't know how to explain it any better than saying, you know, the, the guy who's worried about the size of his face on his sign or in the image and the ad, that's not the one who's going to be moving the ship forward. You know, if like, if you look at my signs, I, my name and my actual phone number are nowhere on there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of at the point where, you know, with, with the help, thankfully, of Jim and Nicole, my partners, we've developed a brand, right? And we develop a following with that brand. You know, so one of, one of the things that agents really, really miss out on is they're worried about themselves, you know, and that, that kind of momentary stuff and catching that random phone call versus building a lifetime following. And you can only do that by building a brand. And would you also say that that has to do with personal branding as well? Because I feel like you have to have the personal brand to kind of, I mean, maybe, and maybe you just have the regular brand and you're kind of the one staying behind it. But I almost feel like your, your, your personal brand is, is a bit separate from small town agents. Like it really, it's you really and then there's SDA. It is, you know, it's, it's, it's us as a whole, but really, you know, like the, the part that agents really miss out on, right? So you're talking about the personal brand. Yes. 100% it's there, but the part that agents are really missing on is creating that content that is not centered on them. And that's, that's kind of where I'm going with this, right? So like, I'll have an Amish markets video coming out. I did a dog grooming video. I did a pizza making video. It's just taking the time to get to know the people in your area and building your brand through that. Right. So I, I might be the mouthpiece. I might, you might see my face, but when it comes to the properties that I represent, you know, aside from my face on the video, you're never going to see me insert myself. If that makes any sense at all. It does. Um, because I, I've spoke on that from a standpoint of, and you're absolutely right. The unselfish real estate agent, and that should be the title of your book. <laughs> we'll if, you see. Ever, if you ever write one, I can see it now. Um, that's what you're saying is exactly what I'm, what what I'm seeing. Um, and it's and because I re- I accepted all these friend requests from people in in the industry, <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of what they're doing right, and I'm telling them that I'm watching, and I'm seeing the engagement in the differences between the people that are getting it and they're actually listening and the people that say they're listening, which irritates the shit out of me and then quickly revert back to their comfortable state where it's like, Oh, I've got a house going up or so. 
let me put it out there real fast and, and it is what it is. And I, dude, I even insulted my own real estate agent about a post that I guess well, wasn't really an insult, but I basically told her, I was like, I'm going to use your agency's post as an example of what not to do. <laughs> and I'm like, yup. And I was like, I mean, I said 22 hashtags on Facebook that don't even apply to the image or the copy that you put into the post. I'm like, what? 19. I mean, I counted. There was probably 23 emojis. Oh and I'm really? just like, dude, what are you doing? So you know? what, when it comes to hashtags on Facebook, there's only one reason I use them. And I literally use it. I don't use it for searchability. I literally use it to explain a point. Yeah, you know, my, you know my take on hashtags on Facebook. I do. You hate them. And I totally agree. But for me, a hashtag is like I might make a run-on sentence out of a hashtag. I'm not, yes. I'm not, I'm not doing like hashtag realtor. No. <laughs> your, hashtag is, your hashtag is very um, smart alecky, if you will. Generally, yes. Right? <laughs> it's generally to contradict myself from whatever the copy is. Yeah. So I was really obsessed with that at one point because one of my mentors, Dennis Yu, actually, it, he had said to me one time, he's like, stop using hashtags on Facebook. And I said, why? And he goes, statistically, and here's the data, the ones without hashtags perform better than the ones with them. So it was in 2013 that I think hashtag adopted or Facebook adopted hashtags. And since that point, instead, Facebook has yet to mention the power of them inside their inside their profile. If anything, they sit there and tell you exactly what you need to do to, to do better on their platform. Make more long-form videos. Man, when he walked out on stage and said that, you probably were like, yes, <laughs> this is exactly what I wanted you to say. Uh, sort of, because really my sweet spot was like two, two and a half minutes, and now they want like three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, damn it. Actually, it was, it was I mean, it's not terrible because you can trick the algorithms, you can do all that stuff. Yeah. But this, this is what I find, Todd, and I think it's true for anything in life, is when you try to push something too hard, it's going to fall right on its face. Yeah. If something is good and it's good on its own merit, it's going to take, it doesn't matter. But when you see somebody posting a video or posting a, a photo and they tag 30 people in it and then they put on, I'm at 20 places. Those are the things that actually don't have any merit and have no content. So those are the things that don't do well because Facebook goes, Oh, you're trying too hard. Like it literally does like go watch, go look at any video that's highly produced in anything and they'll tag 20 people might have 500 views whereas some dude can put up a decent video and only just have himself and some okay copy and follow the guidelines for the video and it will outperform that yeah there's no question about it and i you know they were like all right well you know we want to do video and i'm like you guys aren't thinking about this and if you want to do video that's fine but i'm like you guys one they they massively overthink it i mean they massively massively overthink the video and yes. I tend to do that sometimes myself where I'll be like, oh, I don't like that shot. Oh, I wish this looked better. And then I start getting myself trapped into, I'm like, wait a minute, man, I'm, I'm caring more about the aesthetics of this that nobody gives a shit about. And I'm completely devaluing the context within the video, which is really what I'm trying to, to kind of, you know, get people to engage with. Um, and I think we all kind of do that. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it, it has to do with the, the content that's going out and what most people don't realize is that they have content throughout the entire day and they have the ability to pick up their phone. They don't have, they don't need an expensive camera. They can pick up their phone and they can literally, literally start shooting a video 
um, and get that out there and make it something just like everything else that they do during the day. If it's a get up in the morning and you take a shit and you get your coffee or you do it at the exact same time, making a video once a day should be on that list of things to do, especially if you're in an industry where you've got to be in the face of people constantly. Yeah, man, it's, it's got to be content, content, content. That's, that's where your brain's got to be. And, you know, kudos to you, man. You're, you're always putting stuff out. And, you know, the, the biggest thing, like the biggest thing I find with agents, I find with anybody is, is that overthinking and, and that, that fear of whatever somebody's judgment is, that mythical person, whoever they are. But my, my policy, man, is, is, is the 80% rule. If your content's 80% together, like you're not embarrassed by it, it's decent. It could be a little better, but it's decent. Fucking put it out, man. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point of sitting on it? Like, you're gonna you're gonna do better next time. You're gonna do better the time after that. What you're putting out, that fear that you have, is what ninety five percent of other people have too. So if you're putting out that eighty percent, you're ahead of them. You're ahead of them because they're not doing anything. Right, yeah, and that's what I I try to speak on with these people. I'm like, you 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 guys don't understand. No, it might seem like a lot of people are doing it, but they're not. They're really, really not doing it. Um, yeah, do you, statistically, ninety seven percent of real estate agents don't do video. They don't, and so, which leads me to my next question for you. You've chosen a separate path. You chose the path of entertainment, in my opinion, right? I know what you do. We all know what you do. We know what your job is. But in the reality, that's not even what you build content around. Well, let me, let me, let me pitch it to you this way. You ready? I'm sure, I'm sure the agent who was helping you today is super knowledgeable and super, super nice. What was she wearing? She was wearing, I'm closing my eyes currently. Angie, I'm sorry. Uh, I think you were wearing khakis and a t-shirt. She was wearing a t-shirt. Good. Yeah, That's she great. was. Well, she we we know her personally, so there's po- she's probably a little bit more lazadaisical. But yes, when I hear a real estate agent, I in my mind I picture who you think I'm picturing. Yeah, and so you you think of the suit jacket, you think of the tie, you think of the khakis, you think of whatever. Right. But like, but like, dude, like you literally when you started this conversation with me, the first thing you said is this is stressful to think about. Yeah. So, so if I take off a tie and I don't have a button up, aren't I automatically reducing the pressure in some sense? I couldn't agree more. Right. Like, so, and that's, that's what I try to do with my videos is I want you to realize that I'm just an average dude. Like I make dad jokes. I've got a dad bod. I kind of know what I'm doing, or at least I present to you that I know what I'm doing. But really the whole goal of it is, you know, we now have to make three minute videos, but it's really, you know, people are freaking goldfish. It's really, can I, can I keep you watching for that whole video so that you actually find out facts about the home and how to actually purchase that home while still keeping you engaged in the content? So it might be humor, fact, humor, fact, humor, fact, that kind of rhythm, right? So you know where we're at now is we're on the we're on the swipe left and swipe right right generation. People are just going to scroll right past you if you don't have something that hooks them immediately. Yep. And that's that's just just what it is. And, and then to keep them, you have to continue to put that out. 
Correct. And it's 100% consistency, not just consistency, but it's the subtle branding of the idea of, oh, that's an STA video. Is if they don't know immediately who that content's from, then you've already lost half your audience. Yep. Right. I can tell you last night, I went to a restaurant that I hadn't been to in three months. And guess what? The waitress walked up and she goes, oh, you guys are the guys who did that video. (laughs) Same thing happened at Starbucks this morning. Like that's, that's what it's about. I am, I am not, you know, like I'm not all that in a bag of chips. Like I'm just, I'm just somebody who beats the drum consistently and I'm not afraid of putting myself out there. And because I'm putting myself out there and creating opportunities, which is the number one reason that real estate agents exist is to have opportunities. That's why they door knock. That's why they cold call. That's why they do all that crap that I refuse to do because I'd rather do it on my own way. And I'd rather sell in a way that I would want to be sold to. And oddly enough, your way's working. Uh, yeah. Again, thank God. <laughs> it's- you, say, you say thank God, but in, in my head, I'm going, okay, we've got a 32-year-old guy who's been in the game for five years and has, in some way or another, cracked the code to what my generation, let's say 40 between, you know, I'm 40 years old on the dot, but let's go up a little bit. Let's go to 45, 45 and below in that market are looking to do business with someone more like you than Linda, who has been doing it for 25 years and is a cold stone killer, but on social media, doesn't know how to properly market herself or what she's representing uh, for either the seller or the buyer. that's what these people are trying to figure out. So when we go and we talk to these these agents or mortgage people or title people or whatever, they know that they, they don't realize that they can use the same formula that you're using in what they're doing. Their, ma- their massive fear is the fear of, and we'll get, we're about to get into this, the massive fear of other real estate agents thinking about them or talking about them or judging them. Uh, in, in, in my opinion, when you create a good personal brand and it's strong and it's accepted by the community because the community is, you know, at the end of the day is going to be the one that makes the decision on whether or not you're successful. And when they do decide, Hey, this one's successful. Aren't you, aren't you bringing way more value to not only the people that you're interacting with, but also a potential business or agency or brokerage that you're going to go to either next or the one that you're currently with. Well, here's, here's one simple statement to sum that up. Social influence is a commodity. That's a hot quote. That's a hot quote. And so, you know, the reality is, dude, is, you know, I'm in a small town. There's 15,000 people in Hanover, Pennsylvania, zip code. Granted, I service an area with like 200,000 people, but my direct town, right? Tiny, 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 tiny. I had to make elbow room at the hypothetical real estate agent bar, right? Like I had to find my seat and throw some elbows and sit down to gain some respect and some gain some traction. And at the end of the day, right? And this is where we're going with this is, you know, I had fear holding me back for the first two years of how I was doing things and where I wanted to go because I was afraid of what my peers would think of me. Yeah. Right. And what that was doing was that was inhibiting, inhibiting me from actually speaking to the people that I needed to speak to, right? Because you need to find your base. You need to find your tribe. You need to find your audience. 
your audience, your base, your tribe, none of them are real estate agents. So why does their opinion matter of how you're producing that tribe or reaching that tribe? It doesn't, right? And so then going back to throwing some elbows and getting some room at the bar, credibility is never given to you. You have to take it, right? So by me making videos every week for the fuck for the last two years, I've, I have that credibility because I'm constantly in people's newsfeed. Oh, you're the guy who does that thing. That's it. That's it, man. I just want to be top of mind for people. I want to be Toma, top of mind association. And that is, that is the goal of what, you know, Jim and Nicole and I do all the time. We can't put out fire content every time, but we're always there. And that's, I think, one of the cool things that you've, you guys have done and you guys have uh, accepted. And, and by the way, if you're listening, um, I hope you guys are writing a lot of this stuff down because this is just such great stuff for you guys. Um, that you're right. Not every single video is going to be straight fire. And, you know, uh, in my head, I think to myself, why I thought that this one was so good. And then everyone, or it might be a quote that I put out, or it might, it might be something like that. And then it just doesn't get the traction. That one that maybe I put out that is zero thought behind it, it just does awesome. And I'm just like, what the fuck do these people want? And then I start figuring it out. Then I'm like, once again, I'm like, dude, I'm overthinking all this shit. Like, just be me. Got to bring myself back. Just be me and do that. When you were just kind of talking about, you know, your team, there's a, t- it's a team of three. What's your, what's your creative, um, I guess, strategy look like? You guys sit down at the table and you guys all brainstorm ideas? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I guess that's yeah. how I wanted to picture it, but go ahead. No, it's, it's cool. <laughs> um, usually, I, unfortunately, so, so we did this great exercise. So, so we're a group and all three of us are partners in STA, right? In the STA, we hang our license at EXP Realty. We do operate under a broker. STA is our media company. I'll be very clear for those agents cool. listening. Um, for us, you know, we did this exercise really early when we created this group where we wrote down 70 different parts of a real estate transaction and or the actual real estate process, right? So part of that was marketing. One of those lines was Facebook. One of those lines was video. One of those lines was paperwork. One of those lines was negotiating. All of these different elements, right? And Nicole and Jim and I sat down in a room for three hours and we assigned a one to the person who was in control of that lane and was best at that lane. And then it went two, three, right? So two was next man up and three was the person who probably shouldn't touch it, which is paperwork for me. I shouldn't touch paperwork. (laughs) So a lot of times what happens really is I'll just go on this tear and I'll write down a bunch of ideas and then I'll be like, Hey Jim, do you like this one? (laughs) if, If they shoot it down, then we won't do it. But really, you know, a lot of it is just me having brain farts in the middle of the night and then talking it out with them after I kind of developed the idea. Um, Jim, Jim once in a while has a really on point idea because they're, they're also too, they're, you know, they're in that mindset of they don't, they don't necessarily want to present something unless it's perfect. But the perspective that Nicole brings is the perspective that Jim and I will never have. And that's the feminine perspective. Right. Her input, her input is super important, super, super important, but literally, <laughs> you know, you were talking about fear of the content that you're putting out and that you think something's going to be fire. 
I can tell you the best content that I put out is always the one that I'm kind of on the fence about. I'm like, this is going to crush or this is just going to suck. Right. It's that one where, or like, do I look too stupid? Right. So two of my best, two of my best pieces of content, one of them, I was shoving a donut in my mouth. And then another one was literally was Jim and I, and we just, we went in front of iconic places in Hanover and we kind of had some satire and poked some fun at it. And it just turned into a lightning bolt, right? And then we did the same thing a week later. I don't even know if you know that, Todd. We did two videos back to back about Hanover. One of them got, I think, like seventy thousand views, and the other one got a hundred. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I want to say that I saw the second one, but I, but I can't remember. But I can tell you that I stopped immediately when I saw the first one, and was like, "This is genius." And the, 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 you know, you're from video is that's not new, right? Or did you guys come up with that? That's not new, right? No, that was us. Oh, okay. So you guys started that. We started that. And then I started teaching people how to do it. Um, so my friend, my friend, Jesse Weisner out in Springfield, Missouri, um, he, he copied like the actual formula 300,000 views. He was on like 12 news stations. Um, it's, you know, small town tactics work in big towns too. Cause Springfield, Missouri is freaking you know, a million people. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just stop, stop having self self doubt. That's, that's the biggest thing because my, my real, my real thing with agents is like, you'll door knock, you'll send postcards with your face on them. You'll literally put your face on a bench, but you're afraid to put out a video. Yeah. It's beyond me. I, I still don't understand it. I, it's funny because I was on a I was on um, that radio uh, interview a couple weeks ago, and before we went on, I, we were talking about a billboard that I saw, and it was for a um, sanitation company. Um, and I guess they they I don't know what the name of the industry is, where you basically are cleaning shit out of a uh, what do you call it? Like a portage on. No, it's like a, um, I'm literally having a brain fart talking about poop, but that's good. Uh, like a septic service. Yeah. Septic and the billboard. And that's when people tell me all the time, they're like, you know, like, what do you think about like traditional advertising? I'm like, dude, I'm not, I'm not opposed to traditional advertising. I'm just opposed. I'm just opposed by the message that you guys hold inside of the traditional advertising. (laughs) And so I'm, I'm walking or I'm driving towards this billboard and literally on one half of the billboard is, um, a poop emoji and on the other side of it is got poop um call us and it was for their septic uh company and i took a picture of it and i went that's good that is good that's good brand awareness advertising you can call any septic company you can call any real estate agent if you're not differentiating yourself why are they going to call you right man and i'm thinking to myself i'm like these guys if they, they put that much effort in into that, my the odds are with me that they are probably very good at what they do. If I don't even think they put that much effort with it. They trusted their gut. Yeah. And I talked about like, that recently too, right? I talked about dude, listen to that gut. Telling you whether it's right, I'm telling you, it will tell you if it's right or if it's wrong. And it's that first instinct and go with it. Well, and if it makes you feel a little uncomfortable then it's probably good too. Mm-hmm. 
right? And I'm not talking about pushing buttons. I'm just talking about if it makes you go, ah, dude, roll with it. What's the worst thing you're going to do? Delete it? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it, man. And I mean, every, it's funny you say that because every single person that I've done business with or represented or worked with or not worked with, every single time they take the gloves off and have fun, shit goes really, really well. The minute that they go back to the, let's, let's just play it safe. Then they end up just like everybody else playing it safe and they never get, they never stand apart. And, and I've yeah. told people this a million times. I'm dude, I said, if you're doing it the same way as everyone else, then you're, you're very forgettable. You ready? There's I'm give nothing you, worse than being forgettable. Go ahead, drop it. You can be Clark Kent or you can be Superman. Yeah. No question. Right? And which one's more fun? Right. Right. At the end of the day, you gotta have fun with it. And you know that I think you can tell the people that love what they do from the people that just do it as a job. Like I love what I do. You love what you do. You know, um, you know, we'll talk about Mike, but Mike Ritter loves what he does. Um, the bitchy waiter loves what he does. Um, the honest restaurant. The reason I'm having all, all, all these guys on just audience wise, just so you guys know, is because I want you guys to realize that when you're super passionate about something and you love what you do, you just automatically excel at it because you're finally passionate about it. It's the job that you do that you most likely don't like and you're kind of like, man, I feel like I'm hitting a glass ceiling. It's because you hate your fucking job. You don't like what you're doing. <laughs> you, you you hate your job. And then not only that, but everybody you're mentioning right now, these are all people that if we don't make money, it's our own fault. 100%. And, and, and I hear that a lot where it's, I don't have the time. Dude, that's total bullshit. Because here's a perfect example, right? And, and I'll break, break you through my day of what's happening right now. I got up in the morning, got a five-year-old little boy who was sick yesterday just for school who decided he just wanted to wear a hooded sweatshirt and sweatpants <laughs> in 95 degree weather. I brought shorts and a t-shirt for him, obviously, but that was a bit of a struggle. I get him off to school. I drop him off to school. I get back in my car. I come back here. I do some work. I do some stuff for myself, obviously from a content creation standpoint. Hop back in the car, go look at two houses, rush back to the office, and do a podcast with Colin, which will be over in, in you know 15 minutes, 20 minutes, or whatever. Then I got to get back in the car, drive to Calvert Hall, pick Logan up at baseball camp, bring him back to the office, get dressed for the gym, go to the gym, come back from the gym, work more, entertain my son who's here, and then so on and so forth throughout the day. I got a lot done. Content still get, got distributed. I created content and built content at the exact same time. Oh, by the way, also closed four clients. Ooh. So... Do you have the time to create a podcast, send out emails, uh, upload or upload to all the different social media platforms that you're on, create content and do all this stuff? Yeah, you do. Here's the difference between people like us and people like you, and you can be like us, is that we actually execute on what we say we're going to execute on, and that's where everyone's dropping the ball. They're not executing. They're saying they want to, but they never do it. To de- deliver on your promises to yourself. Yeah. If anything. For real. Like, look in the mirror. If you're promising other people stuff and you're letting yourself down, the, the what the fuck's going on? Like, 
I don't know how else to say that is if you can't follow through on your own promises to yourself, how are, how are you going to empower other people? How are these 40 plus people in this industry going to survive knowing that there's guys like you and Mike and all these other people that are putting so much into their brand, their personal brand and everything else. Dude, how are they, how are they going to survive and compete with you guys? Well, I think they'll last the the longest in in areas like mine because I'm in an area where it's who's your mom, who's your dad. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can tell you that it's normal for somebody to put out a sign in their yard because they use that same agent 20 years ago. You know, it's normal. But guys like myself, guys like Mike, guys like my friend Dylan Madsen, we're, we're taking market share by being relatable and showing people that there's there's more than one way to do it. And that, you know, that's a scary message to the traditional agent. Because again, of that fear of judgment and that fear of doing something different outside of what you've known for the last 20 or 30 years. And truthfully, those are the people who should be the least scared because their business is already established. Talk to me about where you see this industry in 10 years. In 10 years, um, I think- I hear a lot of disruption, by the way. Sorry to cut you off, but I hear them saying that you guys are next on the chopping block for disruption. Is that true? Do you believe that or no? Um, I I don't. I think actually what's going to happen is I think it's going to become more boutique and more concierge. Uh, Expand on that for me. Sure, absolutely. There's there's always going to be the guy, like the, the clients, thankfully the clients that we attract, they understand our value, period. If you don't put out your value proposition constantly on a regular basis, if you don't show people that you're informed and that you know what you're doing and how you're going to protect them and or save them money, then you're never presenting your value. You know, you today, I'm sure that agent you are with, I'm sure she knows what she's talking about. And I'm sure she showed you left from right on a couple of houses, right? Right now, by what I mean by concierge, is the idea that, oh, hey, I booked that inspection for you. It's at this time. You just need to show up. Or, hey, I switched over your utilities for you. Is there anything else I can do to help? Oh, hey, uh, you're gonna, we're going to call your mortgage company for you and make sure that's paid off and that you already know what amount you're getting at the table a week beforehand. By concierge, I mean a lot more hand-holding. The experience is going to change in the sense that it's going to be a lot more of set it and forget it. Right now, it's it's a clunky system by most of the ways that every agent does it. And to elaborate a little further, as, as companies and organization, organizations like NAR, National Association of Realtors, we're going to have to have higher standards of people that become real estate agents. Because yeah, from my understanding, it's very easy. It's incredibly easy. And it, it's very scary. I got my license online in two months. That That, that is insane to me. That's yeah. insane. It, it is. And, you know, the amount of power that somebody, unfortunately, somebody like me, quote unquote, has, it could ruin you financially if we if we guide you to the wrong choice. And, and so, you know, where I think it's going is I think it's become a lot more mom and pop boutique, a lot more concierge and a lot more standards for ethics and regulation. 
What about the brokerages? Do you think that they're that these big brokerages are going to be affected? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yellow cab and things of that nature. Yeah, I, I do. Um, so, thankfully, my generation is actually a lot more about value and and using local services, right? So they're more about where's my money going. They're smarter about that concept. Um, so I think we'll be safer in that regard too. You know, like I. You know, I'm talking about this openly because I'm not worried about my own personal value. I'm talking about the industry as a whole, right? So it's as as there's more forces like that, purple bricks, redfin, all of that crap. Is you you as an agent, you need to be able to increase your value proposition. And if you cannot do that, then you are going to get squeezed out. Makes sense. I, I hope it. I hope it does because. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, if you go to Zillow Direct and you buy from them, you're doing all of the work yourself. You're actually going to pay more in fees than you would if you actually had somebody guide you through it. Um, but the difference is, is there, there's always going to be those people who buy a house that call Zillow and the random number that's there. And then there's going to be the other person that seeks out help and make sure that they're doing the right thing. Yeah, and so explain to me that too, because I hear a lot of the agents, they're <clears throat> Zillow's ruining things for us and this, that, and everything else. And I mean, I heard the same thing from restaurants about Yelp, and I heard the same thing about the internet uh, and cars.com and Auto Trader for, for car dealerships or companies like Car Guru or True, or True Car. You know, whoa, can't make any money. Like, <laughs> do, you, like do they realize that they pretty much they just have to accept the fact that this is the way that the world works now and that there you, you just have to accept it and evolve or you're going to die. 100%. 100%. And this is my thing. I don't really get why agents complain about Zillow. It's a tool. You can always outperform a tool. It's a search engine. Yeah. Right. Who holds the hammer? At the end of the day, I'm the one controlling the market, right? I'm right. the one who puts the house up. I'm the one who prices it. I'm the one who helps sells it. For me to take the time to bash Zillow, that's, I don't want to say it's beneath me, but it's, it's like trying to, the hardest thing you can do to a consumer is try to re-educate them. Zillow is a known thing. Realtor.com is a known thing. It's people, it's friendly. It's user-friendly. It's a good experience. It's all of that stuff. Granted, is the information 100% accurate? Hell no. <laughs> but it's easy, it's easy to use so for me to try to re-educate somebody and say don't use that service it's not good it's not accurate instead what i need to do is come from the side and I say this is the right way to use that platform to get to where you want to be have you done a video on that yet no the I only think thing I've, I've really touched on with zillow is really the idea that the values are skewed because they uh they haven't been in there in your house so when they try to give you a zestimate they've never actually seen your house taking zestimates out of it would you what is your take on digi running digital ads on zillow good bad somewhere in between running ads through zillow yeah do you do it i don't i don't i don't i don't pay for leads at all wow. um yeah, no, I, I don't because I'd, I'd rather, again, it goes back to that attraction model is why, why do I not put myself to be beholden to somebody who wants to see a house in three hours versus somebody who trusts me and wants my guidance and my experience? Yeah, because you're marketing to your tribe. You're exactly you're not necessarily the random person who finds you on Zillow from a Zillow ad or things of that nature. The one thing no. that I'm a little interested in and I keep seeing are these people 
sharing reviews from people that have bought houses for them or sold houses for them. And they're doing it in a very lazy fashion where they're, I guess they'll have Zillow, their Zillow account, the, the agent will have their Zillow account or social survey account on their phone and then they'll get a notification or they'll, you know, they'll solicit for a review and they get the review and then they simply quickly share it to the social media page. To me, that is the most boring ass way to share a testimony um, and most unemotional way to share a testimony. And then on top of that, I love that they only share five stars. <laughs> it's true. Um, like, dude, it's, I want to see the one guy who's going to share the four star review. I I do want to, I want to see that too. But again, man, like why not ask the person and do a video with the person that you sold a house to and transfer that emotion to someone else. Like I, it, it, it blows my mind that they don't think outside. They, no one's thinking that far outside the box. But that's that's an easy thing to do. But I'm sorry, Todd. That's still generic. Yeah, I mean, I agree. That's, that's still that's still that's still 100% generic. And you know, as far as what we're talking about with what I do, an attraction model has nothing to do with reviews. Nothing. Very true. Talk to me about that, though. So we we are in agreement that the the lazy share of a review to social is, in my opinion, is a waste of a post. The we're in a teeny tiny bit of a tug, tug of war on that the video testimonial may or may not be worth the emotional transfer. How would, if you got a good review, how would you market that review or, or share that review on the platforms that you're active on? I don't. Okay, good enough. And I mean, here, here's, here's the real bread and butter, right? Is like, everybody's part of a stupid yard sale group. Everybody's part of them, right? Yeah. You got one where you are, there's usually eight to 10,000 people in them, right? So somebody goes in there, they post, I'm looking for a great real estate agent. Do you know what happens? Yeah. Everybody says, oh, you got to talk to this guy or yeah. Guy. And guess what? I have, you know, usually 12 to 15 people that jump in there and just say, Hey, go talk to them. You need to go talk to them. Let other people speak for you. You know, don't deliver their message. Like there's something about quiet confidence that is attractive. Also, if yep. you're going on, if you're going on your page and every day you're just posting a far star, five star review, that's going to attract a certain kind of person, but that's also going to attract the kind of person that has certain expectations that may not be realistic. That's a good point. That's one of the fan of the four star review. It, it, it is. And, and this is, this is where I'm going, man. Like you, me, we both know it. And a lot of people don't know, but a lot of people don't know it is, are you controlling your own narrative? Are you telling people who you are and what you are and what you're doing and why you're successful? And are you showing them? And and that is something where they're failing. That's that's one of the big failures that I'm seeing right now is that it's all biz all the time, which is fine, but they're not sharing, they're not being so openly transparent with them. So basically what they're doing is they're showing people themselves, but they're not showing people them their real selves. And well, here's, 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 
here's a little nugget, right? Right, Todd? So like other agents that are listening right now. So something that I did on the 4th of July is I, I took a picture of myself and Nicole. We were at the beach. I dropped our little logo on it and I said, we're closed today. Do you know how many real estate agents are afraid to do that? I get it. Like people are going to respect you more for setting boundaries. And if one if one of your boundaries is holidays and family and that person doesn't respect it, then are they the right client? And that leads back to my point of if you're your true self online, then you're going to attract like-minded people and they'll understand because I have clients that don't understand that I'm on vacation or that I'm taking a break or whatever mm -hmm. it is. And I talk a lot about not taking breaks and not taking vacations, which is quite honestly true, but that's a life that I've chosen for myself and I'm comfortable in that state. But there's some that will still hit me up and I'll say, Oh, Hey, yeah. I'm, I, you know, I'm not in the office right now, but I'll hit up. Oh, well just, you know, take your time, get back to me. It's no rush. Those people I respect. The barkers um, don't last long. No, they, they don't. And the barkers are the ones who are going to challenge what your fee is, what your commission is, and what those kind of structures are. Yeah, 100%. And right. are not willing to follow the creative, right? So if I say, this is where I think we should go, okay, that sounds great. How much is it? And I tell them, and then immediately it gets turned off. And I also tell them that the, of the potential return on investment, they then back off and then they fall back into their comfort zone of paying blank magazine $3,000 for an ad that is going to run for three months, $1,000 a month, and we'll never be able to track that ROI. And never, ever, ever. Ever. And it's just this, this, this just constant circle where they do it. It's the same people that hit the boost post button because Facebook says, hey, this is performing 85% better than the rest of your posts. You should add $20 to it. And how quickly do they spend 20 bucks? But boy, if you ask them to spend 20 bucks on a bottle of water, <laughs> they'd be like, what the fuck? A bottle of water for $20? It better be the best bottle of water I've ever tasted. But Facebook can get $20 out of you quickly, right? Well, it can and kind of kind of to summarize this whole conversation really what we're talking about is being yourself in authenticity is going to, you know it's not just being authentic it's not just going to save you money but it's going to save you time and it's going to save you headache it's ultimately going to save you heartache and at the bottom line it is going to self-filter out all of the bullshit agreed and this is something that's very interesting and it came up the other day and I'm not going to drop any names, but I was asked to speak somewhere and they were super excited about it and it's, it hasn't happened yet. Um, and the, I guess the CEO or the president of the company said, you know, we don't want you to cuss. And I hmm. said, hmm. Okay. And I said, I had to think about it for a second. I didn't know you were taking Chick-fil-A gigs. Yeah. And in my head, I'm going like, all right. But then you're telling me that I can't authentically be myself. And and I can do, I can say what I want to say without that. Look, and that's, that's just become the only reason, you know, that I do so much is because I am being authentically myself. And like, I was raised by a father who was in the military for 28 years and shit and fuck were this most <laughs> words in our house and it was just how I was raised and it just it just comes naturally and I feel like the people that I surround myself respect that but this person 
you know, I guess asked that I not do that. And I had to think about it for a while before I decided to actually do it because I was thinking to myself, like in my head, I'm going, all right, if I say no, I'm not going to do that. Then I'm being selfish to the people that really want to come there and take a lot of that value in. Right. So yeah. I said, I got to remove my selfishness from it and not be as uh, stuck up and go, I'm going to do this for the people that are in the audience, but I'm not doing it for that person who told me I can't do it. So I named the, the title of the seminar, um, uh, fuck what you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not yeah. saying it technically, but it will be seen. But isn't there even more way to still be yourself though? Couldn't you just bring a buzzer and buzz yourself every time you, you do that? That's genius. I was actually going to put tape around over my mouth with a red X on it before I started talking and just for the first minute stand up there like that. But then you I was do, like, I was going to be sitting back there and be like, this little prick. Like, bring that bring that taboo buzzer and then just don't actually say the word. Just insert it with a buzz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I had to really ask, and it's funny because I sat and talked to my dad about it yesterday. My dad came by the office and he sat down with me. You guy's 77 years old and uh, it's interesting at 40, I give my kids advice. My dad at 77 sitting, and, you know, I feel bad for anybody whose dad has passed away and they don't have that anymore. But my dad, you know, comes up to my office and just chills out and hangs out um, pretty often. And it's time that I know that it's really important to him and it's super important to me right now. Um, but I asked his advice on it and the guy just gave, I mean, the guy gave me legitimate advice and he basically said, he said, look, man, you can say, the same thing without it but it's not about you it's about the people that are taking their time out of their day that really want to come hear what you have to say you got to do it for them and in my head I'm going yep he's right he's right and so I, it's not inauthentically me it's just not it's just <laughs> me without a little bit of a pepper they took some of your hot sauce hot sauce a lot <laughs> but do you have more hot sauce in the bag? Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah, the hot sauce is in there. I'm just gonna take that. I'm gonna take out the hot sauce and use it, you know, in my own way. And I think you know your buzzer thing is actually a good idea. I might actually do that. But regardless of that, um, I, I just that that's just another you know thing for me. I'm like, hmm, I wonder how much how old that person is that said or is asking that I not do that, right? Like, Ty. They're 65. Oh, I, it has to be. There's, I mean, it's just crazy to me. So it's like. My God, we uh, the most popular shows on television that we watch. All they do is cuss. Yeah, all but, of them. but you do that in the business world nowadays. Woo wee! <laughs> How dare I have some real language? Yeah, um, beyond me. So, um, leave. Let's leave these guys with um, some tips and tricks because that's really what. Even when I go and do these speeches, they don't give a fuck about what I'm saying until I get like to. Hey, this is the cool new app you should use. Like you kind of already get that, but. <laughs> Give me like three really good tips for Facebook from a, from a standpoint of content creation. And then give me three things that you do that people are probably not doing. So start with the Facebook part. All right. So you're looking for the takeaway slash actionable items. Um, so when it, when it comes, otherwise known as hacks, but go ahead. Otherwise known as hacks. Yeah. Uh, so, Facebook, the way you should handle Facebook. You ready? Mm -hmm. We are simple creatures. 
If you are not hitting like on somebody's posts and you're not commenting and you're not telling them happy birthday, then you're not speaking to your sphere and you're not validating them. If you're not taking time out of your other day to make somebody feel good on Facebook, then you're doing it wrong. That's number one. Love it. Cool. (laughs) Number two, if you are in sales and you're in marketing and I scroll through your feed and everything is sales and marketing, I don't want to be friends with you. So your content, it's got to be you too, man. It's got to be you. It's got to be real, real life, whether it's your daughter, your dog, your wife, your girlfriend, whoever it is, you need to put yourself out there. And if you're not putting yourself out there, you're 100% doing Facebook wrong. Next part. Number three. Number three. Number three. Number three. Number three. Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm not a big advocate of Facebook Live. There are certain scenarios at 100%. Yeah, fuck that guy in the group, dude. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's Brian. Brian Coach, he's the man. <laughs> he's legitimately my friend. <laughs> um, it's for selective occasions. If you go live on Facebook, please don't have it be your open house. If you're going live on Facebook, it better be because you are at the freaking Niagara Falls and you want everybody to see the same view that you see that day. Make sure that there is a reason that you're going to notify everybody on Facebook what you're doing in that exact moment. And it better not be because you have free cookies from one to three on a Sunday. That's high. (laughs) There you go. All right. So next thing, actionable items. What was the second question? So the next three are going to be three things that you do uh, that are working really well right now that most likely these real estate agents are not doing or mortgage brokers or anybody that's in this industry right now that they're not doing. Sure. Okay. This first one's got nothing to do with social media. Nothing, 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 nothing. Are you taking the time to explain the process? I can't tell you how many clients I get secondhand because they got spooked because they got under contract, got scared, shook out of their contract, fired their agent and said, Colin, I need some help. And I start talking to them about the process. And it's very clear that someone hasn't taken an hour to an hour and a half to explain what it looks like to buy or sell a home and make sure they have a full understanding of what they're about to do with their 200, 300, $400,000 that they're about to invest. That's a good one. Two. Two. It's kind of in the same line outside of taking the time to educate your individual clients and or your prospects. Are you actually making content that has value. And by value, I mean actually taking a minute and breaking down the stuff that we take for granted as everyday knowledge and just explaining things like interest rates or types of loans or why you need a pre-approval. I, I, had, I had this scenario on July 4th where I answered the phone. It was a blind call. Yes, we were shut down. I know that's where you're going with that. It was a blind call. They asked to see a house that day. I said, are you pre-approved? And they said, no. I said, okay, well, that's required for you to be able to see this house. And they called me an asshole and they hung up. Nice. So I took 10 minutes and I drafted an entire post and I explained why it's important, not just for my time or for the seller's time, but for my safety for somebody to get pre-approved. Because believe it or not, we're in a freaking dangerous industry because we meet strangers every day in a household that's vacant. So. It was more like a blog post and I read it and it was amazing. Um, and so I want you guys to just kind of side note this for a second. He had an experience. He documented the experience. 
he took the experience that had some knowledge in it and then he shared it on social media and it did very well. Okay. So just side note that for a second experience took the knowledge from the experience, share the knowledge from the experience to help others content. Yep. And it was probably, it was probably 15 minutes from start to finish of when that phone call ended and when I made that post should be a blog post. Go ahead. Yep. Next one. Three, the very, 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 very last thing. Are you getting to know your client? Period. Do you know their name? Do you know their kid's name? Do you know as much as you can know about them from the time you start to the time you finish? Because right there is as close as you'll ever be. And if you don't take that time to get to know somebody and genuinely be invested in them, they are going to know. They're in, if they know, they're not going to be a client, a cheerleader, and an advocate for life. Not only that, they're not going to be your friend. And I'm in the business of collecting friends. It's a good business to be in. Can you, real fast on this one, tell me, what do you give your clients that buy a new house, you help them buy a new house, what do you give them as a gift? It changes. Uh, we try to be... Well, based as, on what they like, just out of curiosity? Based on who they are. Okay. Yeah, I, I can tell you that, so Nicole... Um, she goes out and she buys all of the client gifts and we'll, you know, we'll have a little huddle Thursday night because most of our settlements are on Friday, Thursday night, Wednesday night, whatever it is. And we'll spend five minutes. We'll say, Oh, Hey, this client really likes this. They like that. And we try to customize it to them. Um, every once in a while you can't get a good read on somebody. Um, but we'll have, you know, we'll have like, like we have ring doorbells right now. Um, we'll, we'll give that out, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you fucking what. I'm not giving you a cutting board with my name on it or a gift card. No, 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 no. It's just, it's wrong. I mean, to be fair, I just did that, but that's because I introduced them to an ice cream place and it became their favorite ice cream place. Yeah. Right. See, (laughs) it's not a personal one. It's like, um, the people I'm talking to are giving out fucking Amazon gift cards. Yeah. That's, that's so impersonal. It's like, Hey, go buy some light bulbs. It's like, buy And I love you card and not signing it. Kind of, yeah. Or it's like your 30th anniversary and you say, here, honey, here's a Lowe's card. Like, yeah, dude, that's that's super, super bad. So don't underestimate the importance of just taking five minutes to think about somebody else. That's really, that's really where I'm going. That's really where you're going because it's a lot more powerful. And if you're giving them in, in, you know, sketch glasses that say your brokerage and your name on them that they're supposed to have their champagne in a year later, that's totally selfish. That is an excellent way to end this episode because it's going to be titled the, the unselfish real estate agent. And it's funny that the last few words out of Colin's mouth, um, were about giftology and unselfishness from a standpoint of knowing who the people are that not only you're surrounding yourself with, but the people that you're doing business with. Um, can you, because there's going to be a lot of people, I'm sure, maybe, I don't know, barely anybody listens to this podcast anyway, I think. Um, Shut up. <laughs> I don't look at the analytics. I really don't. I give two shits about the analytics, but I, I think it does okay. Um, can you tell everyone where, to, where they can follow you and small town agents and where? Because I know that you're, you might be in a couple of different places. I know your love child's Facebook, but where else are you and where, how can they follow you? Sure, man. Um, so I totally, totally believe in the, I want to be the sexy girl at the bar. So there's a few limited places where you can really find us. Right. So you can go to smalltownagents.com. 
And you can literally, what that does is that is 100% our Facebook page. If you want to write us a message, write us a message. We have all of our inventory there. We have all of our content there. Feel free to look at our content, what we're doing and how we're doing it. If you want to follow me personally, because the content does vary from there to my page, my page is Colin JJ Cameron. Or if you look on Facebook search terms, it is the small town agent. Um, Aside from that, I mean, if you guys have questions about video and you're in the industry, feel free to join RETV on Facebook. Yeah, and that was one that I wanted to mention um, and we didn't get to talk too much about, but obviously this is not going to be Colin's last time on the podcast. I can tell you that right now. Um, but we, I think the next time we're going to get more into RETV and how Colin and a good friend of his, and I think he was mentioned in this podcast. Uh, Tim Macy, man. Tim Macy. Um, if you guys don't know Tim, um, search him on Facebook too, because he's got some pretty cool stuff. Very, 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 very creative. Um, and Colin and, and Tim, if I'm not mistaken, actually just did a, a face-to-face kind of video um, a few days ago. But um, RETB is a very interesting group. And that, w- I think we'll talk about the value of creating your tribe and creating a valued group and what that can actually do from you, not from only a business standpoint, but from a standpoint of creating relationships and those relationships turning into friendships and friendships actually turning into referrals, which is what I always hear from you guys constantly is that, Oh yeah, you know, we work like 85% on referral and that's great. But at the end of the day, eventually it might happen where you're not going to be able to survive just from referrals. So I think the Facebook group is a really cool idea and it's something that we should talk about um, in another episode. And I think we will. Colin, thank you so much for being on, man. I'm super excited that the next episode, hopefully will be post our secret mission that we're on currently. We'll all get to talk about it on the same episode, but regardless this episode I think is going to help a lot of people, not only in the real estate industry, but I think from a standpoint of, of personality and understanding who they are and themselves and being comfortable in their own skin. And it's going to help a lot of people in, in that fashion too. Yeah. Don't be afraid to be yourself guys. Thank you for having me, brother. Thank you so much, bro. I appreciate it. All right. See you, bud. This has been a Todd Collins official production in conjunction with Platinum Reputations. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Todd Collins Official or visit us at www.toddcollinsofficial.com. Want to be on the show or become a sponsor? Message us on Facebook and tell us why.